Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast, brought to you from the team behind Cycling Plus, MBUK and BikeRadar.com. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast. I am Jack Luke and today I am joined by Simon Bromley and Matthew Loveridge. And today we're going to talk you through our top road bike tech predictions for 2021. Now, even at the very beating heart of the cycling Illuminati, even we have to sometimes make predictions about what the great good of the cycling world could be planning for the year ahead. We typically find out things maybe a little bit before the general public, but not that far in advance. So this is very much a guessing game. 2020 and all its strangeness has perhaps thrown the usual cycle of product releases into disarray, but we're going to have our best guess at what we should expect for 2021. Now, Simon, why don't you start things off with a typically nerdy, in-depth, aero-conscious brief? <laughs> so, now I'll have to give credit when uh, where I saw this. So, Dave Rome, formerly of Bike Rider, now of uh, Cycling Tips, which is a uh, another excellent cycling uh, website, but not as excellent they, as ours. Not as excellent as ours, but you know, as far as the competition goes, it, it you know they do okay. Um, they covered this in in October and basically the UCI are changing the kind of rules around frame shapes and merging kind of time trial and road bike frame set rules and so the long and short of it is is that road bikes will be able to look a little bit more like time trial bikes in terms of the kind of aerodynamic tube profiles what does that actually add up to in the real world? You know, what describe to me a normal road bike now and how it's going to look in future. So a normal road bike now, you know, you have something like the Canyon Air Road is the kind of leading edge, to use a nice little aero pun, of uh, mm, <laughs> aero, road, aero road bike design. But then you have things kind of, uh, you know, let's say the Scott Plasma would be a kind of, time trial bike which which makes use of um deeper tubes are kind of they you can have supplementary triangles in between the kind of top tube and the seat tube deeper tubes at the head tubes those sorts of things now of course 
the Hope HBT track bike was designed under the kind of previous rules. And and so obviously, you, you know, there, there was already scope for doing sort of slightly more crazy designs than we've seen. But the kind of, yeah, as I say, the upshot of this is that road bikes should be able to get slightly more aero. So that means slightly deeper, slightly more aerodynamic tube shaped with kind of larger, larger frame tubes, basically. And I think, you know, obviously those bikes will be perhaps slightly heavier as a result but they'll be, you know, faster because they're more aerodynamic. And I think maybe that'll help the kind of aero, aero bike category kind of refine its feet again, because it's, it's had a little, it's had a little wobble. Matthew, you're a man who's unrelenting in your pursuit of all out cycling greatness. How do you feel about the idea of even more aero bikes? Um, quite ambivalent, if I'm honest. I've, said many times including on this podcast that as a from a purely experiential point of view in cycling i don't really care that much about aerodynamics um but i do care about the influence it has on the market and a few years ago everyone decided that you needed to have a dedicated aero bike in your bike range if you're a manufacturer so we saw that split into aero bikes and then lightweight bikes and then this year it kind of felt like we were finally rolling back from that with companies like Specialized saying, well, actually, we're going to unite those things and there's just our one bike to rule them all. Um, so I don't know. If, it'd be interesting to see if we go back to that like explicitly aero-focused bike thing. But then at the same time, are we potentially going to see the UCI weight limit change as well, which would throw another thing onto the scales? I don't actually know if that's likely. Maybe I'd like your take on that, Simon. Do you think that's going to happen? I don't think that's going to happen. I've not really seen anything to suggest that it would happen um i don't i don't i think that you know there was a bit of a clamor for this four or five years ago before aero bikes really became you know a, a really big thing but i think people have kind of i think with you know with the introduction of disc brakes a lot of manufacturers are now not that close to the kind of 6.8 kilo limit as they would have perhaps liked to have been you know previously cannondale used to make a big thing about adding lead to their lead bullets or whatever to their um you know uh super sixes to get them up to the uci weight limit but this just it kind of that i think that disappeared with the the addition of um disc brakes so yeah i think it would be interesting to see what did happen say they got rid of the limit completely we know that even though aerodynamics are actually much more important most of the time in racing, I think that you would still see pros sometimes doing a kind of real weight weenie thing because we know that the psychological effects of doing that are important. And I could imagine, for example, in a very hilly stage of a big race like the Tour, you'd get them then doing like a weight weenie build just for that day, which would be really entertaining from a tech point of view, even if it objectively makes very little sense. I think if the weight limit was dropped, we wouldn't necessarily see a huge amount of innovation in terms of frame sets because, you know, it's been illustrated many times by smaller manufacturers. You can make, you know, incredibly feathery frame sets. And I've no doubt that, again, to point to Specialized, but something like the Athos, it's clear you can build a truly lightweight bike. I think it'd be more on the component side of things where now we're kind of at the limit as to how light you can go with a disc brake group set, for example. Well, what else could they do to bring it just that little bit more down? Um, I think that's where you'd see the flurry of, of new launches, should it disappear. And actually, oh, sorry, Matthew, you I go. was just going to say, bring back Drillium. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that another interesting question that I don't think any of us will be able to answer, but I wonder with the new UCI rules around frame shapes, you know, we found out about it 
obviously, as Simon said, on uh, Cycling Tips in October. And now it's, it's officially on the UCI website. And I wonder when manufacturers first saw this. One would assume they saw it before we did. But it could well be, if they haven't, you know, a year, two years before we start seeing bikes which comply or make use of, more to the point, um, of these new regulations. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, th- I think you're right in that I don't know how um, early brands get sort of sight of potential UCI rule changes. And and I would say, like you've just said, it's probably going to be a couple of years. And then given we've just had a kind of slew of new aero road bikes, such as the Canyon Air Road, Merida Reacto, and and obviously a kind of, a kind of series of non-UCI legal triathlon bikes, we might see something on the time trial side sooner than we see something on the road side. But again, I think especially at the moment, you know, obviously with the, the year we've had and the kind of delays in the supply chain that we've had, I think a lot of brands are going to want to get a lot of get a lot more a few more years out of their current models before before we move on to anything new but at the same time you know the olympics is next year and there's going to be you know there there was a whole load of crazy bikes from that we sort of saw at the end of 2019 that we've not seen raced in in kind of action yet so um you know who knows like i didn't see the hope hbt coming at all and that just dropped on us in mid-october 2019 so you never know. Matthew, what is your tip-top hot tech prediction for 2021? I think I'm going to make a negative prediction, which oh, is no. something I, something that's not going to happen, which is that, so every year it seems like somebody's predicted that Road Tubeless was finally going to arrive, take over, and be like the default for serious road riding. And I think that's not going to happen in 2021. I did quite a lot of work on this this year, talking to different manufacturers who make wheels and tyres and things uh, and trying to understand why it is that we're at this strange point where the standards still don't seem to quite have settled down. There's competing standards and at the moment there are quite serious compatibility issues between, for example, certain tyres and hookless rims. This is something that's come up over and over again. It always ends up, we always end up talking about the Continental GP 5000 tubeless tyre, which is specifically not allowed to be used on hookless rims. And anyway, in the course of that whole discussion, talking to people, the prediction I was getting was that we were still probably a year and a half away from things being settled down. That was around the middle of this year. So I'm going to say, despite all the things that other people have said, Road Tubeless is still going to be chaotic in 2021. Yeah, I cannot help but wholeheartedly agree. Though I am an absolute convert to Road Tubeless and Gravel Tubeless on all my bikes, I'm acutely aware that I'm in a very privileged position with seemingly limitless access to tyres and wheels to try out, as well as the time to experiment with these. And I think the compatibility for users is so murky and you know even Simon with your TCR the number of tires which are actually compatible with those wheels for example is very limited it's only because you know you're being diligent because you're reviewing it that you've picked up on these things so I just think for I just think for the average consumer it's still too uncertain I just don't think most people care you know I I think tubes have worked fine for the majority of people for so long when there's this kind of confusion 
and I would argue for some people negligible benefit I, I just don't see it becoming mainstream for the time being finally I'd also say that unless everybody does as giant does and sets them up tubeless out of the box I cannot see people clamoring to set them up unless they are truly an enthusiast I think for me you know this this was the first year that I really uh, did tubeless you know I'd always been using clinchers with latex tubes um because that's a kind of you know one because I, I before i worked at bike radar i like you say jack i didn't have access to tubeless ready wheels uh so it was, it was kind of a cost thing but two it's you know latex tubes and a really fast energy and a really fast clincher is still a really good combo but sort of around you know i've been testing as you say the giant tcr uh advanced pro disc two and that comes with a set of carbon wheels which have a hookless rim and they're great wheels and it's not that there's an inherent problem with hookless rims. It, you know, it's a perfectly sort of safe thing to do if the tire is designed correctly for it. It's just that the vast majority of tires on the market are not designed for that. And so you kind of end up, as you say, with such a small list of compatible tires. And in reality, you're missing out on using the best tires on the market. So it's not, as, as things stand, it's not the fastest setup. I think it's worth adding, though I said it's your diligence, which has kind of picked up the fact that there's these limited compatibility. There is also the fact that Giant's clearly been diligent and has been doing its own testing, has been doing very thorough testing. Now, it's unfortunate that the tire list is so limited, but you, you have to admire the fact that Giant is being very transparent about it. But them being transparent about it then kind of raises questions when others necessarily aren't quite as transparent. You think, well... Am I running a truly safe combination? That's not to throw any accusations. There's plenty of documented cases where people have had perfectly good setups with road tubeless. But if you're a consumer and you're in any way concerned, I can see why you'd be put off. Yeah, totally. Because although although it usually works, the consequences of things going wrong in road tubeless, if you actually do experience a tire blowing off a rim, can be incredibly dangerous. Um, and so that's why we always advise, like, do your homework completely when it comes to this stuff. Uh, and I should say, by the way, that I too am a big fan of road tubeless. I've ridden road tubeless all year and love it, love the advantages, because I do think it has real advantages, particularly if you're road riding mixes things up a bit and is on like less than great roads or if you even go off on like slightly gravel type stuff tubeless is fantastic but yeah probably not going to be 2021 the year for that mm, bummer for them i mean to be honest i think people listening to our podcast where we've discussed this god knows how many times now it's probably enough to put people off for life Uh, my one is not necessarily a tech release. I just think as a trend for 2021, bikepacking and touring is going to have a moment again. Um, I kind of, it kind of twigged that as we come to the end of this year, certainly in the UK, we have great uncertainty around Brexit still. But also, though a vaccine is on the horizon and is being rolled out and hopefully it'll be out to all of us soon enough, um, I still think that myself included, the idea of international travel isn't top of my priority list, but I still would like to get up, go away and do fun things in the new year. And it kind of occurred to me that I think 
many people will be turning to home for their holidays and for this newfound generation of cyclists who have just bought bikes to the point where you can't really get a bike anymore, certainly here in the UK, I think touring and bikepacking could be the next big thing. Now, you know, looking wider within the marketing world, the kind of commoditization of the idea of adventure is quite hard to escape. And I think that people will turn to their bikes to kind of fulfill that desire. And I've done a little bit of preliminary research on this. I'm going to write something on it in the new year. But speaking to, of all people, the Camping and Caravanning Club, they say that they've seen quite a significant uptick towards the latter end of this year. But also distributors like Leon, who do um, like Ortlieb and Bontrack and other kind of camping brands, they're saying again that this year has been really really notable for the amount of adventure cycling, we'll call it, stuff they've sold. Um, and then also Panier CC, who are kind of retail place, but they also do like guided tours around the UK and Europe. Again, they've seen a lot of interest for their, their kind of stuff next year. What's your top tip, Jack, for people looking to uh, dip their toes in the waters of bike packing and touring? Well, I would absolutely recommend you read Bike Radar's Scintillating uh guides and exactly how to do that but no i think certainly for those in the uk um matthew felix our colleague on the video team and i did a really wonderful trip uh, in december last year we went to the smallest bothy in the uk in wales and i think though they're closed for the time being because of coronavirus restrictions i think starting out in a bothy is a really nice and accessible way to do it reason being you don't need a tent for one thing Really, all you need is some kind of sleeping mat and a warm enough sleeping bag. And you can have a really affordable, fun adventure where you're going to hopefully meet very nice people. And uh, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. Did you have fun in your Bothy trip, Matthew? I absolutely loved it. I did get very cold at certain points. I made some fairly rookie mistakes. Like I went to bed wearing about 16 layers and woke up drenched in sweat, which was (laughs) entirely my own fault. But as a whole experience, that was great. We incidentally did that trip on e-bikes, which made it a very different thing. And it meant that we didn't have to worry about carrying lots of weight, um, which was absolutely delightful because we were we were just riding hybrid e-bikes. It was very jolly, very low pressure. We weren't trying to go fast. Uh, it was a really wonderful overnighter. Excellent. Highly recommended. Yeah, I think... I think- do it on whatever bike you have. This, the Mountain Bothy Association have a really good map of, of Bothies and they normally have good notes about access. So, for example, some might be somewhere you can't cycle to. But there's enough, close enough to most people in the UK that it's a, a good way to try it out. Simon, you also um, had your bike packing, first bike packing experience this year. Did you also enjoy it? I enjoyed the cycling bit, but the sort of sleeping arrangements, I, I have to say, like I just don't think it's for me. I think, uh, it, like, like you say, it's it's going to be i think i think you're right i think it is going to be a kind of growing trend for 2021 and i think it's a really nice thing because it's definitely a kind of you know cycling has a tendency to kind of focus on the sporting aspect of it and and as matthew said there it it's perfectly legitimate to just go on a nice easy bike ride with your friends and not worry about going fast and just enjoy it that's actually a thing so i think that is great and I'd definitely be up for doing kind of more of the long distance gravel stuff. But yeah, I think I, I think I would like to go back to sleeping in hotels. <laughs> That's absolutely fair enough. I think if I was to give more kind of evidence to this, I think 
you know, gravel for quite some time on Bike Radar has been by far the most popular thing on site. And that includes our YouTube channel. Gravel as a segment is, I would say it's as big as road, but it's certainly getting there. And all these people with these wonderful, versatile bikes, when they want to spend their money on something new, but they can't get a new bike, well, maybe they'll buy camping gear. You know, I, I don't think it's unreasonable to imagine that. Um, and though it might not necessarily mean we're going to see new launches of cool, I don't know, touring bikes in 2021, I think it'll be reflected in the things people are interested in and maybe even the stories we write. Anyway, those are our roundup of what we reckon is going to happen for the year ahead. Hopefully there'll be nothing unusual over the horizon, just a nice pandemic-free, kind of political trauma-free pleasant year that'd be really really nice thank you very much matthew and simon thank you for listening don't forget to subscribe and please leave any comments on the article for this podcast on bikeradar.com we love to hear your feedback goodbye thank you for listening to the bike radar podcast if you want any more information on what we've been talking about or more news and views on cycling check out bikeradar.com <laughs>